welcome to the Murder and Mystery Podcast. I'm your host, Summer. Today, we have a murder and a mystery that was requested by one of our listeners, Rodney Bates. Thank you, Rodney, for requesting this murder mystery. This is a really interesting one. It is from 2009 and actually takes place in my home state of Oklahoma. I was not aware of this one and it is so interesting and there is still so many unanswered questions, so many things that could have taken place, but let's just dive in and let you, let you see for yourself. So on October 8th, 2009, a family of three packs their pickup truck for a 30-mile trip to look at some land they plan to purchase. No big deal, right? That's like an everyday thing for people sometimes. On October 17th, the family's pickup was found abandoned on the side of the road a short distance from this land that they plan to purchase. It's one hour from their home. Inside the vehicle, their thirsty and malnourished dog, cash, a purse, a wallet, and cell phones are found. Four years later, the bodies of the family were found in a remote area of the woods near where their vehicle was. But what happened to the Jameson family? So the Jameson family lived in a modest split-level home in Eufaula, Oklahoma. The family consists of Bobby Jameson, born August 4, 1964, Sherilyn Jameson, born November 5, 1968, and Madison Jameson, born August 1, 2003. The family looked like your typical small-town American family, but when you got past the surface, you find there were some odd things going on with them. But were any of these really connected to their death? Let's dive in. Let's find out a little bit more about this really odd family. First, let's look at Bobby. Bobby Jameson, the father, was in a car accident in 2003 that left him disabled with chronic back pain. Now, this isn't too different from millions of Americans. Happens a lot, but this caused a lot of depression and obviously he can't work. He's in constant pain. But then he also has a falling out with his father. You see, Bobby and his father had gone into business together. You shouldn't mix business with family, they say. And it did not go so well. This wasn't a small falling out, like we're just not gonna talk to each other. Bobby was actually in the middle of a big lawsuit with his father when he disappeared. He alleged that his father had struck him with a vehicle on November 1st, 2008. He also made claims that his father was involved in gang activity and was using methamphetamines. All of this was over a convenience store that the two had owned together that Bobby said he had been working and his father wasn't paying him to work there like he had supposed to have been doing before Bobby went on disability. 
So basically, Bobby felt like his father was conning him out of money. And so he was suing his father and then said his father struck him with a vehicle because he was suing his father. And the two just were not getting along at all. Sherilyn Jameson was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and was also getting disability. And she was not working. She was not taking medication or seeking therapeutic treatment for her disorder. She was reported to have swing to swing between manic and depressive states. She was not doing well at all. Her daughter, Madison, developed an imaginary friend, which Sherilyn believed was a malevolent spirit. She began to hold seances and in her home and invited her friends over. Her friends said that although they thought these were fun at first and they were just kind of something to do, Sherilyn took these really seriously. Bobby purchased a satanic Bible, which he planned to perform an exorcism with. And he even asked the pastor where he could buy special bullets to shoot the spirits on his roof. Now, their family and friends did agree that there was something going on in the house. They believed that the house was haunted because when you went into the house, it was very oppressive feeling. I, I don't know. I don't want to say that the house wasn't haunted, but I will say that when you have a lot of depression and anxiety and stuff in a house I could see where that would leave a home feeling oppressive and just that heaviness in the air so it could have been that but it could be haunted I I could see the family wanting to say that the house was haunted and that was why the family was acting the way they were rather than it being their own their mental health I don't know the family's cats were found dead and Sherilyn believed her neighbors were poisoning them. The Jamesons had a large storage locker outside their home and so Sherilyn wrote, witches did not like it when their cats were killed in spray paint on the locker for the neighbors to see. Kind of a warning that the neighbors shouldn't be killing her cats. Um, maybe that she might retaliate with witchcraft against them. In November 2009, just one month before the family disappeared, Sherilyn lost custody of her son Colton to his father. Colton was 12 at the time, and he told police that his mother seemed depressed and acted strangely. He actually chose to live with his father because of this. He no longer wanted to stay in the home with Sherilyn. And so Sherilyn was hospitalized for a failed suicide attempt right after losing custody of her son. And so this family just had a lot going on. It seemed like there was a lot of depression. There was a lot of stuff that was just building up and going on with them. But they were looking at some land that they were going to purchase. They planned to put a like a small house build one of those shed type houses on this land so that they could move out away from Eufaula 
and have their own land and their privacy and just get away from all of their problems they felt like. And so on October 8, 2009, the family was taking a trip to the Red Oak area, which is about an hour's drive from Eufaula to see this land that they were going to purchase. Their surveillance camera outside of their house shows Bobby and Sherilyn packing up their truck for this trip. The couple kind of appears to move mechanically or zombie-like, as some reports state. And they stop periodically and look into space, like they're lost in thought, or maybe they're looking at something. Uh, some people say that this looks like they may be high, and, you know, they're moving around, they're packing their truck like they're high. Honestly, I do this when I'm like lost in thought or when I'm trying to remember things, I'll stop and kind of stare off into space mentally going through a checklist. So it could be that. And I have to say the video that I saw, it's really grainy and it moves kind of jerkily. So it's hard to really tell what's going on there. But if you get a chance to look at it, I definitely say watch it and make up your own mind what's going on there. So they pack up their truck and they get everything in it. And then they get their six-year-old daughter, Madison, and their dog, Maisie. And they all get in the truck and they drive into the mountains to go look at this land. It's a short trip, about an hour's drive, and they plan to go and just, you know, walk around on this land, make sure it's what they want, and then come back home, right? On October 17th, hunters on dirt bikes come across the Jameson's abandoned truck northwest of Red Oak, where they were purchasing this land. The hunters confirmed that the truck had been seen parked in the same place for a number of days. So this truck had just been sitting there on the side of the road for days. Inside the truck, the police found Maisie, the dog, who was hungry and thirsty but was still alive. Sherilyn's purse and Bobby's wallet. Their cell phones, both which were still in working order. An 11-page hate letter to Bobby telling him all the things that she couldn't stand about him and why she wanted a divorce and $32,000 in cash. The truck was in working order and had not been in an accident. It had simply been pulled over and parked. There was no sign of a struggle inside the vehicle, but there had been trash thrown around the truck like when they'd gotten out. There was some stuff pulled out of the truck or maybe somebody was going through the truck and pulled the trash out but there was no signs of blood inside or outside of the vehicle there were no drag marks or scuffle marks in the dirt or anything else that indicate that there was a fight or any type of struggle that took place there and police when they found the vehicle and realized that this family had been missing for so long, honestly, because this family was very 
very private and Madison had been pulled out of school. Nobody reported the family missing in all this time between October 8th and October 17th, nobody reported the family missing. So nobody knew. And when police realized that this family was missing and this truck had been sitting there this whole time with all their belongings in it, they conducted a huge search. They had over 400 volunteers on foot, ATVs, horses, and mules they used 16 cadaver dogs and unmanned drones searching in these mountains for this family, thinking, you know, best case scenario, they got lost out here and we're going to find them and, you know, they're going to be in bad shape, but maybe they're still alive. During this search, the dogs repeatedly scented near a water tower and they weren't finding anything near this water tower or anything so they drained the tower and they didn't find anything inside the water tower and finally they just gave up the search because they weren't finding any sign of this family four years later on november 16th 2013 hunters found the skeletal remains of two adults and one child just 2.7 miles from where the truck had been located in a remote part of the Panola Mountain called the Smokestack Hollow. Now, this is an area that is hard to get to and it is very remote, but it is just 2.7 miles from where the truck was. So you would think that, you know, it being so close, it would have, would have been searched. The bodies were severely decomposed and consisted of three skulls, a number of bones and bone fragments, shoes, and scraps of clothing. DNA test proved that it was the Jamesons, but due to the level of decomp decomposition, uh, cause of death could not be determined. There were a lot of animal markings on the bodies and stuff, but there was nothing that they could find to determine the cause of death. It was said that the bodies could have been there when they were searching. They were could have been covered up with leaves because it was so remote. Uh, it There's a chance that the drones were just passed over that area and couldn't see them because of the leaves. And I guess the cadaver dogs just didn't hit on that smell. I don't know. It just seems very odd to have these bodies so close to where they're searching. And they have 16 cadaver dogs that don't find these bodies 2.7 miles from where this truck is. So what evidence do we have? Not a whole lot, to be honest. And that is if the police have released everything they have. Honestly, they may have some stuff that they just aren't releasing because they're keeping it under wraps in case they do find who, who did this so that they can use that to make sure they have who did it. But basically, what we know right now 
is we have Sherilyn who was bipolar and is not getting treatment. And this could account for her paranoia, thinking that her neighbors poisoned her cats, thinking that her house was haunted. And maybe her house was haunted. Who knows? Um, her depression, her impulsive behaviors like spray painting her storage bin, pulling her daughter out of school, and even her depression. You have Bobby, her husband, who was going through his own depression, who was in the middle of this big lawsuit against his own father, whose father had hit him with a vehicle. I mean, this was some major stuff going on here. He's in chronic pain. He's on medication. So there's even some articles that stated that their marriage was not in a good place. You have an 11-page hate letter from his wife saying that she wants a divorce. Of course, she has her ups and downs and wants, might want a divorce one day and doesn't the next. So he very well might have gone along with anything she said and been in the state of mind to believe anything that she says. The family left valuables in the car indicating they weren't planning to go very far if they got out of the truck and walked off on their own. But my question is, why would they leave the dog? If they were going for a short little walk or a picnic, why would they leave the dog in the vehicle to go for this walk? There was an odd picture on Bobby's phone of Madison. She's crossing her arms in front of her and she's looking away from the camera, but her smile doesn't really look natural. It's like they're trying to pose her or something, but it looks very stiff and uncomfortable. So I don't know what that's about. I don't know if they were trying to pose her in a certain way and it just wasn't coming across, but that was something that was brought up and is later in one of the theories. There was also a call out to voicemail from one of the phones on October 12th when both phones were in the vehicle and should have been locked. They were in the truck with only the dog, so there shouldn't have been any way that call was made out to voicemail on this phone. So that indicates somebody was messing with the phones even though there shouldn't have been anybody to be messing with the phones theories. So the first theory is that the family got lost. The family went on a hike, got lost, and died of hypothermia. Okay, that's pretty reasonable. But Bobby had back problems and couldn't walk very far. He was just 2.7 miles from the truck. They were found lined up laying face down. Now, animals could have drugged them, pulled them over, and turn them upside down, but what are the chances of animals dragging all three bodies and turning all three skeletons upside down to where they're laying face down? Uh, that's kind of odd. I could understand Bobby only getting 2.7 miles and feeling like I can't go back, but being so close to the truck, you would think he would make it in short spurts and somebody would go back to the truck and get a cell phone and call for help. 
if he was having problems. I mean, they were so close to the vehicle. And it was a remote area. I guess they could have gotten turned around and lost. But that close to the truck, I would think they could call out for their dog and Macy would hear them and start barking. And they could have followed the sounds of the barking. I don't know. They're just... It just seems so odd to get lost that close to their truck. And I still don't understand why they didn't bring their dog. A murder-suicide? Sherilyn owned a twenty-two caliber pistol. There was a hate letter to Bobby. Now, the pistol was not found in the truck, nor was it found in the home. So, this gun is just gone. However, there's no evidence of this they did find a small hole in Bobby's skull that at first they thought might be a bullet wound but they later decided it was just animal marks there were no other bullet wounds on either Sherilyn or Madison and no gun was found anywhere near the bodies there no gun was found anywhere so, how could Sherilyn or Bobby, either one, kill the other one, kill Madison, then kill themselves and dispose of the gun? A drug deal gone wrong? The couple had a lot of erratic behaviors. There was paranoia, possible hallucinations. They had a large sum of money that could be po possibly be from a drug deal. Uh, the briefcase that Sherilyn was seen loading in the security video was missing from the truck. So there are some signs that point to possibly a drug deal. Maybe um, they were meeting these people at that spot and it went wrong. But why would they take their six-year-old daughter to make a drug deal? Also, there was no evidence of drugs in the home. Nobody that knew them knew of them using drugs. There just wasn't really any evidence that this couple used drugs. Bobby's dad. The family had a protective order on Bob Dean Jameson after they claimed he threatened to kill them over business dealings. Bobby also alleged that his father had hit Bobby with a car. Bobby stated his father was a dangerous man that was involved in gang and drug activity. Bob Dean Jameson died two months after the family went missing. So he died shortly after the family went missing and before they were their bodies were found. Bobby's uncle, Jack Jameson, stated Bob was either in a hospital or a rest home at the time of the disappearance and could not have murdered the family. He stated the man was incapable of murder. So basically he's saying that Bobby's dad was not in a mental or physical state to be able to carry out this murder. You have white supremacist. Kenneth Bellows was a family friend that had stayed with the Jamesons and worked as a handyman for a while. In August 2009, Sherilyn mentioned her Native American heritage while Bellows was working with them, for them, and was staying with them. And this is when Bellows 
white supremacist leanings were uncovered when she mentioned that she was partial Native American. The two argued and Sherilyn fired her pistol at his feet. She then pointed the gun at him and forced him to leave the home. But he has a solid alibi and could he have put her name on a hit list? Could she have, I mean, could that whole incident been enough to make her some kind of enemy to white supremacist? That just seems a little bit far-fetched. Another theory is the family was on a cult hit list. Sherilyn's mother, Connie Kokatan, claims the family was on a cult hit list and stated that that part of Oklahoma is known for cults and stuff. The mother could not provide the name of the cult and the police could not find any links to a cult. So that all sounded kind of odd, but her mom believed that Sherilyn and her family was on a cult hit list. I've never heard of a bunch of cults in eastern Oklahoma or anything like that, but you know, maybe they keep them under wraps. A kidnapped by pedophiles, that picture that I mentioned earlier on Bobby's phone of Madison in the mountains uh, where she's looking away from the phone and she looks kind of uncomfortable. It's debatable whether this should send red flags. There's really no evidence of who took the photo or of what she's looking at. If she's looking at somebody else, if she's looking, just looking away, if she's uncomfortable because they staged the pose or what's going on in that photo. But um, there's a theory that she was, that they were kidnapped by pedophiles um, wanting Madison. Witchcraft in possession. Gary Brandon, the family's pastor, told the police the family were involved in spiritual warfare and that both Bobby and Sherilyn had told him they'd seen spirits in their home. An abandoned wreck of a vehicle found near the truck that was used for target practice had satanic messages written on them. This to me just seems all very coincidental. I don't believe that a satanic cult was involved. I don't believe that her being involved in witchcraft or saying her house was haunted had anything to do with the family's disappearance. Autopsy results were inconclusive because there was no soft tissue. There was so much animal damage to the bones. Um, so much of their bodies were missing because of animals. So there was nothing to, to determine a cause of death. Now, I do believe that this was foul play. I I don't think that these this family just walked out in the woods and died. I don't think that they left their dog in the truck, that they took their dog with them and then just left her sitting in the truck while they get out to go explore the woods. I mean, that makes no sense. But then again, 
they didn't act erratically, so who knows? But somebody out there knows what happened to this family. So if you have any evidence at all, if you think you know what happened, if you've heard anything, please contact the Eufaula police and let them know. Uh, please, because this family, they deserve justice and their family deserves answers and closure. And if you have any theories that weren't listed, if you think you know anything, I would love to hear it because I would like to know what happened to this family. But that is the very strange murder mystery of the Jameson family. Until next time, bye.